Hi there, Gary Turner, the host of the Value Through Vulnerability podcast here. Thank you if you're joining us for this. what is the last of the series of Have Courage conversations that have been repurposed from the Have Courage Summit that I laid on uh, earlier in 2019. The final guest is an incredible inspiration to me personally, and in fact, she was my coach for the online summit process, and that is a lovely lady called Deborah Hurwitz. Deborah is a well-renowned musical composer and director, having worked on shows such as Jersey Boys, Cirque du Soleil, and is also a high-performance coach. Three of the major takeaways that I took from our discussion were have 30 seconds of courage. I really love that idea of stepping into your courage and just giving yourself permission just for those 30 seconds and see what happens. Also, comparing other people's outsides to our insides, such a critical reflection. I'm sure that's going to resonate with you if you're listening. And I also enjoyed how Deborah shared about um, show up and commit to moving forward and spoke about committing just 20 minutes per day towards bringing your, your dreams into, into being. It can be all it takes to kickstart uh, and, and get you moving. So you will find Deborah's contact details uh, within the show notes, but also within the free ebook, um, a link of which you will also find within the um, show notes of this podcast. Please do connect with Deborah, follow Deborah. She really is an awesome human being. Still in regular contact with her now. And I would love to hear how this series has served you. Um, I would love to know, has it helped you? Is it not? Please share on social media. Please share directly with myself if this uh, series has served you in any way. And we'll be back to a regular um, podcast from the 6th of January 2020. If you're listening to this and the first um, conversation will be the amazing Natasha Urich, um, who is the... Um, author of the New York Times best-selling book, Insight. So until then, if you've listened to some or all of these Have Courage conversations, thank you. Hope they've served you, and uh, let's keep in touch. Welcome to Have Courage, a summit dedicated to helping you get out of your own way and to help unleash some of that potential that sits within you. So today I'm so grateful to welcome Deborah Hurwitz to the show. So Deborah is a composer, artist, conductor, and also an Amazon number one best-selling author. So welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you so much, Gary. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Well, look, before we get going, would you mind just taking a minute just to, for those that may not know you yet, just to maybe expand on that introduction and uh, give a bit more detail on yourself? Absolutely, sure. So, uh, yeah, so I've been a career artist for a long time. My bread and butter was conducting Broadway shows for many years, and I was with the original companies of Miss Saigon and Jersey Boys uh, and Mamma Mia and um, have a bunch of music on, in TV and movies. It was a huge ambition of mine to be a professional, and I spent a long time making that happen. And I love the world of show business. Um, and I pinged back and forth between New York and Los Angeles for a long time. Um, and what happened was that... Uh, I really, I got to, so the super quick nutshell is that I, I got to a point um, where I realized that the way show business works, which is it's, a, it's essentially a project-based industry, it's like the original gig economy, um, was not for me going to be fulfilling or sustainable in the long term. I didn't essentially want to be, you know, 50 or 60 years old pounding the pavement. And I'm also a high energy person. I knew I wanted to be making a contribution to the planet well into my 80s, 90s and aughts. Um, and, uh, and I was also really fascinated with the online entrepreneurial space. Um, I saw that people were doing some really cool things there. I wanted to explore visibility and reach. Um, and long story short, I really got into this notion of productivity 
um, and procrastination and how more and more people were working by themselves in a room, right? I had been working by myself in a room for 20 years as a composer in a room full of machines, but now people were working by themselves in a room to launch a printing business or, you know, printing is a totally different industry, but, um, you know, to launch a coaching business, to launch a, an IT business, to, to launch an, an, an invention business or even a physical product business. Um, people were working alone in a room all over the place, network marketing. I actually have a network marketing business as well where I've done quite well. Um, and I started to see this sort of catch 22 of like people were getting more and more connected and stimulated all the time by internet stuff, social media platforms, emails, whatever, and yet feeling more and more isolated on some of the most important human levels where regardless of how technologically advanced we are, we are still, you know, beasties with 200 million year old alligator brains where we need things like food and shelter and belonging and touch. And we're not getting those things. And I was feeling that lack as well. I was feeling starved for content and con content like relationship content, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to printed content streaming on the screen. Um, and, and starved for the, the collaboration and the corroboration, that feedback of just the biological, another human being looking at me with their eyes. You're here. I'm here. There's like just something that's grounding and stabilizing about that. And I was missing that. And I was also kind of not getting my important stuff done. Like I was going through the motions of a day, putting out the fires, paying the bills, doing the dishes, whatever it was, and feeling all of those feelings, and also not, you know, fulfilling my grand soul's purpose. You know, I would be doing the gigs, and I was always, it was always, always important to me to be high-profile professional and doing cool stuff with lots of credits and making money and all that, but the things like my personal projects, my albums, I took 14 years to do two solo records, right? I did them, but boy, did I take too long to do them. And even now I still haven't done my third one, like eight years after the second one, right? And so I noticed that there was this pattern where I'd procrastinate on the stuff that mattered the most to me while still making things look good on the outside and showing up great on Facebook and all the rest of that. Um, and that there was like inside this feeling of starvation, even as I made my life look full. And so I started in combination with my curiosity on the business side about online entrepreneurial projects. I eventually got to the point where I launched a platform, brought a bunch of experts together, did a bunch of interview series, uh, and developed a bunch of projects and programs. And now I'm a productivity coach specializing in perfectionists. Uh, I'm still an artist and I make work, but I make work not because of clients and deadlines, but because there's something that lights me up or is calling to me. And I now have the tools and the resources to get that stuff done. So I have an original musical currently in development. Um, I still work with Jersey Boys. I still do professional things uh, as an artist, um, but really Really my love and my passion and my fire now is my beautiful tribe of perfectionists that I serve with programs and content online. Oh, this is, so what, what are some of the things that you went through yourself, Deborah, that sort of journey from you know, your past world to where you are now as a productivity coach? What sort of elements of courage did you have to step into to be able mm. to make that shift? Great question. Uh, you know, some of the most important stuff is, especially as a perfectionist, you never want anyone to see anything less than the most finished, perfect, polished version of whatever it is that you're doing. Whether it's me personally, like, and especially as a woman, right? And as a woman of a certain age, like, oh my gosh, like, I can't have, I can't, I couldn't never let anyone see me without makeup, for example, or, you know, I couldn't 
have anyone hear me play or perform or sing unless it was actually, you know, fully finished and perfect. Like one of the reasons I've shied away from live performance over the years is I want to get it perfect in the studio when nobody's looking and then press play and enjoy the glorious result with everyone else. God forbid there should be any mistakes, any problems, any unforeseen disasters, right? And so some of the most difficult things, some of the things that required the most courage uh, were just to put out like a version 1.0 of something to do a Facebook Live without a script, to show up and jam with a band and get on a keyboard without a bunch of charts and rehearsals in advance, um, to have a phone conversation with someone, right? Like one of the things that was actually the origin of my platform of productivity and breaking through procrastination was that on the one side, I saw all of these artists with this terrible crippling fear of the blank page, right? Like couldn't get started on writing the thing or making the thing or performing the thing. And on another parallel, because I was in a network marketing business, growing my network marketing business, I saw all these entrepreneurs afraid to make that phone call, afraid to invite someone to an event or ask someone to partner with them in a business venture. And, and it was the same thing. And it's actually funny that you talk about courage because one of my mottos with my team when I was coaching a team of about 120 consultants uh, with Arvon was have 30 seconds of courage. Have 30 wow. seconds of courage, right? 30 seconds of courage and you can dial that number and you can let it ring and then don't freaking hang up, right? And the rest, you'll figure it out, right? Have 30 seconds of courage, type a line into the document, open the document, right? And it's just like, we think we, we, we look at, we compare other people's outsides to our insides and we think that what that finished, polished thing ha that's going on on that person's social media platform or stage or book, right? Is like, that's what we need to do in step one of whatever it is that we're doing. No, not at all, right? Go into your living room and practice the opening of your signature talk to nobody and then have a good laugh over how crappy it is and then write another one, right? It's like, have 30 seconds of courage, make one phone call, send one email, put one post out there that's like, it might piss off some people, but guess what? You want that. You want that polarization. You want to find out who your people are and who they aren't, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I send out an email to my tribe, it's, ha it's courage every single time I hit send, right? I'm sending emails to thousands of people at a time every single time. It's courage. Even though I get hundreds of responses back, thank you, this is great, I also get unsubscribes, right? And I know that as long as I'm sending out something that is real for me, that I know would bring value to me if I were in that position or when I am in that position, right? Because I'm in there with my tribe being a recovering perfectionist, right? That if somebody unsubscribes because that wasn't their jam, I bless them. Please go find your people. Don't let my crap clutter up your inbox because I'm not your people, right? If that didn't sing for you, literally or figuratively, God bless. Go find your people. My people will come find me. Right. But it, of course, you, you must have courage to do those things because it's not like it's fun to have people go bye, Right. Nobody is looking for that or wanting that. It is, though, part of the process. Experimentation is part of the process. Getting it wrong, having something not work, having something blow up or having something not go quite the way you planned is all part of the process of becoming who you're here to become, whatever that looks like. And you know, if you're not screwing up, you're not working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that so much. I just love this metaphor that you've got there for basically for life in general, you know, whether it's your productivity work, or whether it's just actually that I want to apologize, but I'm scared to, or I don't want to be seen to be the weak person. Ooh. It really is that just that 30 seconds of everything, isn't it? You know, it's, for me, courage is about going first, Deborah. 
Does that resonate with you or would you challenge that just out of Oh, interest? no, I love that. Having courage is going first. That is beautiful, especially when you pair it with the idea of an apology. You know, we, you and I have talked about some of the masculine and feminine dynamics around this, and I love how you're, you're bringing sort of forward, like, how to soften the masculine piece of it, right? And I, I speak most often to women, um, but, but for women and men, you know, there's this kind of, like, we live in the masculine dominant culture, and then for women to navigate their way through that is a whole different set of stuff. But what you're talking about, which I find really interesting, and because I have such a hyper-developed masculine side, I can really relate to this. I, for example, am not usually the first one to apologize with my husband. <laughs> Made myself laugh, and I'm still getting over that cough. Um, but to to take to go first, sometimes people might interpret going first as being sort of like aggressive or proactive or me, 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 self-serving, right? And what you're talking about is actually to go first in being vulnerable, to go mm -hmm. first in apologizing, to go first in saying, "Here's I'm taking responsibility." Here's my part in whatever might have gone wrong not just whatever went right um and i think that's actually really beautiful i think that's a, a beautiful demonstration of courage yeah absolutely oh it's interesting no th thanks for feeding back on that because i think i think something else is interesting for me as well that shows up in this conversation deborah is around as well you know going the going first but also forgiveness because i for many years for those that will have you know seeing us speak now will have seen my introduction to this summit and it took me 30 years to forgive myself for being bullied and it wasn't me that did it but the stuff we tell ourselves about stuff that happens to us becomes a narrative at times. Is that something that shows up for some of your clients in the work you do? Oh, that's something that shows up in every human, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I've, I've been a, even before I got into any sort of coaching or transformation as a career, I was a self-help junkie. I was a self-improvement junkie. Since I was 12 years old, I was doing trainings and seminars. So, um, and, and as an artist, as a professional artist, you constantly need to, you know, feed that mindset piece of yourself else, you know, you wither and die. I mean, there's just no other way to do it. Um, but, uh, so I've been doing this kind of work for a long time. And, and one of the very earliest pieces of clarity that I had um, as young as my teenage years was that we make most of our big decisions by the time we're like six years old about how life is and how the world works. And we make another set of big decisions around 11, 12, 13. And then we make kind of an icing on the cake set of decisions in our early adulthood or whenever it is that we start to kind of live on our own and, and, and adult ourselves. Um, and, uh, and, and we make these big decisions from places of peak emotional experiences that engage the alligator brain, the 200 million year old don't change, don't die piece of ourselves, that this is how we're gonna stay safe. This is how we're gonna survive. And when we get into the pat, like the patterns that we see again and again and again, where people are like, oh, I self-sabotage, or this thing keeps happening, or I have these relationships with totally different people, and yet the same thing keeps happening. I'm like, and what is the common thread in all of your relationships, right? New relationships are so great. And then you show up, oh no. And then the same thing happens again, right? Um, and I'm not a relationship coach, so let me just say that. But, uh, but you know, in, in, in work situations, in, in career situations, in anything where you're looking to go from where you are to where you want to be and close that gap, you're looking at crossing a threshold of safety. You're looking at engaging all of those places, all of those patterns that have kept you breathing. And here's what you wanna know, nobody self-sabotages. Every single part of you is working on your behalf. It just might have an outdated assignment as to how that's going. But every single part of you is doing a marvelous job of keeping you alive. You are witness that you are here. If you're listening or watching, congratulations. All your parts did a great job of getting you here. Your heart's still beating. You're still breathing. You did it. 
Now, if what you want to be is living in a different way, where it's not just the heart beating and the lungs expanding and contracting, but you also want to be doing something on the planet that you're not currently doing, now you got to take those parts that are keeping you safe and making sure that you keep breathing no matter what and up, you know, update their assignments a little bit and calm them down and say, yeah, we're going to do something a little different here, but don't worry, I got you. And there's no saber-toothed tiger chasing you right now. And mommy and daddy are not actually going to run away and leave you to starve to death, right? Like there are all sorts of ways that you just need to sort of console and witness and embrace those younger, scared parts of yourself that are like, but if you do that, we might die. And if you do this, we'll definitely stay safe, even though you'll be really unhappy and pissed off. But no, it's okay. We don't want to be unhappy and pissed off. We do want to keep breathing. And we're going to do something that is going to engage a little bit of risk. It's going to feel unfamiliar, but it's going to get us where we actually want to go. Like it's, we're actually going to make some money now, or we're actually going to touch some lives now, or we're actually going to lose the weight and keep it off now, right? Like we're going to let go of those protections, but you can't let go of the protections if you're telling the protections that they're wrong and bad because they know they're not. They know that they're keeping you safe, but there's a way that you can stay safe and survive whatever's coming without continuing to do the same thing that you did before. So yes, the answer to your question is yes. It comes up every single time. <laughs> Fascinating. What sort of, I don't want to say tips or tricks, but you know, what, what sort of support do people generally do you find is the most helpful? So if someone's watching us now, Deborah, saying, well, saying it's helpful, but like what sort of one or two things can but you do? Now what? Uh, no, I know. I, I don't mind tips and tricks. Um, you know, we, we can't solve everything in 20 minutes, but I'm a big fan of tips and tricks. You know, one of the ways that I came into this industry was in a highly, hugely skeptical space of like, people talked all this woo-woo and jargon and oh, limiting beliefs and law of attraction. And, ugh, I'm not going to curse. You know, I curse like a sailor, but I could curse a blue streak on that stuff, right? Like, okay, that's all well and good. But now as a perfectionist, this is just an op another opportunity for me to beat myself up and think I'm doing it wrong because my, I'm doing my 25 affirmations a day and I still don't have any of the stuff I want. It's still all going haywire. What the hell? Right. And so I'm a big fan of what is the concrete action step that I can take right now to actually move the needle because all of this, Oh, let's like, you know, change that pattern that isn't working for me. I don't know what that means. Right. Um, so, so a couple of answers on that, first of all, and it's simple, like the stuff that actually moves the needle, you're going to get to the big places, but the thing you're doing right now is always a simple first step. And so it can be as simple as the thing that you've been putting off for three years, because it's such a big ass project, like the new website or writing your book, right. Or launching your podcast or whatever it is, work on it for 20 minutes today or if it's late at night for you tomorrow. Work on it for 20 minutes. Now, you're going to feel silly. You're going to have a really good story as to why that's a dumbass thing to do, and it's not going to make any difference. And I've put it off for this long, and now, because I've put it off for this long, because of course I have 20 minutes. I could have done 20 minutes 100 times by now, but I didn't, because what I really need is three hours, and I need to read these 19 articles and take those four courses and consult with those nine experts before I write a word. No, you need to put yourself into the space where this is what you're focusing on for 20 minutes. And you're basically signaling to the universe, to the muse, to your own brain cells, your own right brain, your own body. I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm committed. You know, and there's that beautiful Goethe quote about boldness has genius, power, and magic to it. When once you commit, providence moves too. You know, all sorts of unforeseen 
circumstances, people, resources show up in ways you could not have predicted or imagined. You know, the God I don't believe in does really good work when I start to actually show up, even though I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, how I'm going to get where I want to go, or whether I'm going to be any good. But I show up because I'm committed to moving forward. So it's a baby step. So 20 minutes, brainstorm on your ideas. This beautiful, gorgeous, global, impact-driven, purpose-driven image that you have of how it's all going to be when you do everything right, write for 20 minutes on what that looks like. Then start breaking down what's one thing that I could do today. And don't keep researching and consuming. Actually generate something. Actually write something down. Produce something. Go live on Facebook for 10 seconds and say, I'm going live on Facebook for 10 seconds because I want to improve my visibility. Okay, bye. Done. <laughs> right on. Honestly, like that's, <laughs> it's that simple, right? I have a client, God bless her. I hope she's watching this, right? It's like she knows she needs to just make those damn videos, right? Because she wants to build a YouTube channel. But it again and again, it's like, oh, my lighting isn't right yet. I, I'm having a bad hair day. <laughs> you know, we have all the good reasons for staying safe. But work for 10 minutes, five minutes, everything counts. You start with the small steps. And two pieces of required reading, since I, I said don't consume, but if, you're, but if you haven't consumed anything on this stuff, two pieces of required reading that I love that speak to this idea of consistent daily actions building up to big things. Um, one is uh, Jeff Olson's uh, the, um, the Slight Edge. It's a quick and easy read. I mean, even just the first few chapters will give you the gist, uh, mm -hmm. but it's really great. And, um, and then my personal uh, required reading for any creative project meaning anyone's life because your life is a creative project, um, that uh, it's uh, Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art, okay. which is powerful direction on uh, resistance, being that beastie that shows up to get in the way of anything that we want to do. Um, so anything we want to do that would like meaningfully change our lives or change our days or change anything, right? It's not something that we want to create, something that we endeavor, something that is connected to our soul and our desire anything around that will generate resistance and and the war of art is a great way to understand respect and conquer resistance that's awesome i'm looking behind me you can't quite see my bookshelf there's about 50 books on there which i need to get to but these yeah. two sound like they need to go to the top of the list so thank you so oh, yeah. much for that that is Absolutely. that is very cool i've got yeah. one more question before we start to wrap up deborah if i may yep in what you're talking about as well there's something for me and something i've learned the last six months around to access some of that innovation, that creativity. Sometimes we just need to stop as well. In these hyper busy worlds, we're reacting, we're busy. Getting present and just stopping sometimes opens up that consciousness to allow us to be creative. That's what I found. Is that something that resonates with you? Is that something you challenge? Or? 100%. Oh, you're, you're throwing me easy ones, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, or the curveballs. No, no, it's okay. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, that's actually something that in terms of, especially in terms of perfectionists, this is something that I, I coach on all the time and something that I coach myself on. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll change what I just said. This actually isn't an easy one because it is actually my personal growth edge. 
right? So one of the things I recommend in terms of having courage and unleashing the inner you, the potential is like, I do have the courage to, to step forward and say, I do this, right? Like I'm not one of those entrepreneurs that says, oh, I, here's my story and I had, you know, this greatness and then it all fell and then I learned these important secrets and now everything is amazing all the time and go buy this to get the secrets, right? Like, no, 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 no. I still procrastinate. I still, you know, leave things to the last minute every once in a while. And one of my biggest bugaboos is I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I still have the ism. And one of my perfectionisms is workaholism. And I have a really hard time turning it off. This has always been true because that's the flip side of doing what you love for a living, right? Is that there's this sort of like gunging together, and that's another word, of, um, you know, of the business and the service. And so it's like, there's always something that I could be doing in my business. There's always something I could be doing to serve my clients. There's always some way that I could be doing better, finishing more, working harder kind of thing. And so um, the stopping is actually something that is a deep need of mine that I turn away from again and again. So I want you to know if you're listening, I can relate um, to that, but I do find the moments. Mm-hmm. I do find the moments and, I, and I'm, I'm coming out of an illness right now. Like honestly, sometimes I need to make myself sick in order to do it. Now I could say, I think I caught it from this person on this day or whatever, but the bottom line is that we're subjected to billions of germs all the time. Why do you get sick this time and not that time? Right? So sometimes my body's like, that's it. We're done for the weekend. Right. And I just need to be in bed feeling like hell in order for that to happen. Um, but it's a reminder to me and happily that only happens every few years when my body is like, you're really not listening. Are you? And then I go, yep, sorry. Okay. Gotcha. Uh huh. And now I will actually carve out the time so that I can feel well and, and take the downtime and stop. But yes, stopping is really important. And here's another one. This is a parallel to what we just said. You don't have to stop like go on a tropical vacation for a week, right? So many times, especially the perfectionists and the workaholics were like, I can't stop because you could stop right now for 30 seconds. You could stop for two minutes and do one of my favorite presencing exercises that Marcy Schleimoff gave me, Happiness for No Reason. There's another, Happy for No Reason is another book to put on your shelf. You know, hand on heart, deep breath, and just say love, ease, compassion for two minutes with your eyes closed, just slowly, just mantra-like and see what you feel on the other side of that. I've got four different meditation apps that I love. One minute of meditation counts. You're not gonna get that far. I'm not gonna promise you know, Buddhist enlightenment in 60 seconds, but it's a form of stopping. It's a form of slowing down. When you're talking about with stopping, it's really about getting present. Yeah. Stopping, just stop the, the whirring of the mind yeah. and get behind, as one of my gurus says, behind the waterfall of the thoughts. So you can just get behind the waterfall and actually watch your brain go, it's never stopping, but you can get behind it to a place that's quieter and calmer. That's, that's so beautiful. What a great way to wrap up as well. I always think for me, it's always that remembrance um, service that we have when you're silent for two minutes. It feels like an hour. And it's just one of those examples. It's like if we took two minutes like that every hour during the day, we get so much more done, I think. Hey, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that myself. <laughs> it's my, that. New t- my new tip from tomorrow. So how can people reach out to you, Deborah, if they want to follow up and have some further conversations with you? I love it. Well, I think we have a, we have a free gift that, uh, that we're offering at freedomforperfectionists.com. Um, and that's my five keys to maximum results with minimum stress video series. It's a quick little three-part video series that just has 
um, some really great exercises and questions for you to ask yourself in the moment, um, ways that you can just drop some of that stress, some of that go, 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 some of that fear and anxiety, and actually sail through much more efficiently from mission to mission accomplished. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, uh, reach out to me that way. Um, join my tribe. I do lots of free content. Uh, grab that free video series. Um, and, uh, and there'll be also other ways that we can get acquainted once you're in the tribe. So uh, jump mm -hmm. to freedomforperfectionists.com and, uh, and have at it. Deborah, you've been an absolute joy. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Gary. Cheers. Bye. Bye.